What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions Podcast, episode 125. This is Amats. What's up, Ephem? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here again with everybody. And not to foreshadow into our top five, but a number 25 that might qualify for this list, Mark Price. Mark Price. I did, was not even thinking of a player who was number 25 off the top of my head. Mark Price is a great pick. And because what we are talking about in the top five list, uh, and perhaps it does foreshadow, it doesn't for me. I'll, I'll say right off the top of my head, I wasn't thinking Mark Price. I was thinking of some Mark Priceian players, though. But we're talking about the most annoying NBA players of all time. There's, there are some to choose from. There are, and there's some that fit into like various categories where I thought about it and then was like, yeah, I could find a way to argue them as annoying, but they just didn't annoy me as much as others maybe. Or like, it's, it was hard to like really narrow it to what I ended up with. I tried to really, now that I look at my list, mine is pretty tailored to me. There are a couple on this list that other people would agree with, but there are definitely some where they might not agree with at all. A good example, too, of my struggle was Andres Nocioni would be a good example of a Bulls player who I loved but was universally annoying. Yes. <laughs> who I would never have put on my list, but I could totally see why somebody would have. Yeah. No, I could see that, too. Um, I'm trying to think what Sonics were like that outside of, like, kind of the the the, the stars. I think Irvin Johnson. Our center? Yeah. He could oh. fall because he was, like, a good shot blocker and he would, like, I think he had a little bit of sass. Yeah. When he would block uh, some shots. I think a lot of people would say Reggie Evans because he was, uh, as I, I believe, a chronic nut puncher or grabber. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he did. He had multiple incidents of that. Multiple incidents. Uh, I, I think you can get away with one, make it seem like an accident. If this is like your MO, though, I got, I don't know. I don't know if there's a worse thing to be known for. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to get to that list. Um, and we're also going to get to the final the final round of Let's Get Personal. And I'm feeling the pressure. I don't have to get too many of these right to win, but I am very nervous now. So we'll get to that in a second. But first, uh, I have a whiskey. So this is called Brothers Bond. It's a straight oh, bourbon whiskey. What a nice name. It is. It's a hand-selected batch. Uh, and a, uh, it says it's distilled and crafted in the tradition of all great bourbon. So we'll see. Um, it's out of, uh, it, the, the company is out of Fort Smith, Arkansas, but it's distilled in Indiana. So not, not our normal places where we get our whiskey. Although I guess Indiana is pretty close, but I'm not sure if we've had anything from Arkansas. No, this is a new, new state on our list. Yeah, Uh, I'll actually read the back because it's not too long of a story, but it says, our brotherhood has led us right here with all of you. Honoring the distilling traditions of classic American bourbon, we carefully selected a four grain mash bill of corn, rye, wheat, and barley. Our spirit is then skillfully cut into perfectly charred virgin white oak barrels, aged slowly and well, creating the flavors and aromas that make our bourbon a perfectly balanced expression. Life is about experiences. We crafted this hand-selected bourbon in hopes that you may strengthen bonds, both new and old, reminisce, share, and enjoy all that it has to offer. Cheers, Ian and Paul. I like it. Here we go. It's a very positive message from the whiskey community. It really is. Uh, I've got it in my 
my normal whiskey drinking glass. I've got it on the, the rocks, one big rock. He's got it on the rock. Yeah, it's a, a pretty light color. Um, and you know, it is only 40% alcohol by volume, or uh, yeah, 40% alcohol by volume. So not, not too strong there. Oh, so an 80 proof? 80 proof? 80 proof. Yeah, I can see that. It's a little bit light color. It's a little bit light. The smell is, the smell is like a smell I've smelled before. So it's not, not out of line with, I think, most other bourbons I've had. So I'm gonna give it a taste. Okay, we got that first taste going down. Brand new whiskey. It's uh, it got a pretty strong throat burn. Kind of a little more than I was expecting, honestly. For an 80 proof? Yeah. Um, maybe I took a bigger gulp thinking that it wouldn't do that, but it really did that. I could see that in your countenance as you drink. Yeah. I'm not getting too many other notes though. Kind of just hitting straight down the middle outside of like the initial punch. Definitely getting a good coat. Uh, the flavor is not, it's not going any which way it seems like. It's just kind of sitting there. And then the, even though it's doing a throat coat, I'm not, I'm not getting like a chest warmth yet, at least. Uh, let me give it a, a second sip to see where that stands. While you're doing the second sip, I'm going to do a quick plug to a new brewery I found. Crystal Lake Brewing, Illinois. Delicious beer. Go check it out if you're in Illinois. People get that Crystal Lake. Um, well, the second taste is interesting, too. It's sort of... It does have that initial punch. I don't mind the burn, but then it's just... It's not... It's not doing much else besides that. Okay. And I would say for the most part, you know, if a whiskey is going to taste like this, it's not a big deal. I think it's drinkable. I could certainly mix this with anything, but this whiskey was not expensive, but it was like around 40 bucks. And where did you find this one? This was at uh, a grocery store that I go to called Knob Hill. Okay. In Alameda. Which they actually have a decent whiskey selection. I'll give them credit for that. I wanted to get another uh, San Luis Obispo whiskey, but they were out of the different types of San Luis Obispo. I, before I had like their their old fashioned mix kind of yeah. on a previous mm -hmm. episode, which is pretty good. Um, so I ended up having to go with this one. But yeah, it was around $40. So I kind of expected a little bit more than what I'm getting right now. Does it scream out for any type of a mixer? Because once you were describing it as kind of in the middle, I thought maybe it would be a mixing type whiskey. Is it, it does like feel a, like a mixing type whiskey. I suppose my only disappointment is that I'm okay with a $25 whiskey being a mixing type of whiskey. But for $40, I, I think it should stand on its own. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, I'm going to give it a third sip, although I got to be honest, I think I know where I'm leaning with this. All right, let's see if the third sip pulls the rabbit out of a hat. Does it say that? It's had a little bit more of a chance to, to swim around in that rock in your glass. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, at, I'm upset to say that I really like the message on the back of this bottle. I like the idea, Brothers Bond, great idea. But if I'm going to be honest, and I want to be honest with our listeners, what are, what are we if we're not honest with them around the whiskeys that we try? This is a boot whiskey. All right. So 
So it should be called Brothers Boot. Should be called Brothers Boot, but they call it Brothers Bond. Little little bit of a typo, my friends. Yes. Um, I yeah, it's 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 not the strongest boot, not by a long shot, but I can't possibly recommend this, especially at the price point. So I hate to say it, it's a boot. Well, it's not the first. It won't be the last. No, it will not be the last. I can promise that. Um, all right, we got to get to our final round of Let's Get Personal. Before we do like a, a recap of our scores, B-Pimp, do you want to explain to our folks at home what the heck this game even is? Yes, um, it's hard for me to believe that we're at the the last, you know, the last round, but it's basically just a game where uh, I am going to name five people and Andy's going to tell me yes or no, do they have a personal life section in their Wikipedia page? It's so straightforward and yet confounding at the same time. Yeah. It's really hard to develop a good strategy. It's impossible. I would say. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you mentioned we read five names at a time. This is that last round. Uh, We, this, the 10th and final round and we've done five each. So um, B pimp, you finished up last time. You ended with a, an even 60%, which, hey, is better than flipping a coin. Nice job. Yeah, yeah. But you're 30 for 50. Right. Now, I am at 29 for 45. So what this means is if I get one out of five of these correct, I tie. If I get two or more, I win. But if I get zero, if I put up an offer, I lose. Right. So, and I'm, and I don't think I, we were talking about this. I don't know if it was on the episode or between, but we, I don't think I've ever led during this. I, I'm not sure. I've had like a two point lead almost the entire time. Yeah. Um, especially in the later rounds. We've, we've tied every round for whatever reason. I've just like kept that lead. Uh, but this, this is it. This could change everything. It could change nothing. We will see. Um, all right. Let's get into it. This is let's get personal. Let's get personal, personal, perfect. All right, B-Pimp, do you have a theme for me of the names? I do have a theme. And that theme is, uh, I don't know if it's all the first cast, but classic Saturday Night Live cast members. Ooh, okay. Okay, I like this. I think I can do this. Yeah. I thought, I was trying to think, my first thought for the last round was to do something like, pick one person from five previous categories I had already used, mm. but I was having a hard time, like getting satisfying choices there. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to something else. We both know and, and love, which is classic SNL. Sometimes thematically, it's very hard to do it. Cause you, you'll have an idea and then you'll start looking at, and the, they either like pretty much all will have personal life sections or they all won't. And you're like, right. oh, this is not a good one though. Exactly. It's hard. It's hard to do that. It's hard to put the game together and hard to guess when you're on the other side. Yep. All right. I'm ready. All right. Your first person to answer. Yes. Do they have a personal life or no? Do they not? Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase does have a personal life section. You are correct. And here we go. This is I'm going to throw some controversy into this already. The reason I know Chevy Chase has a personal life section is because I looked it up yesterday. Oh, what? 
when I did my final countdown episode, so I ended up doing like themes on the numbers of countdown and I went with three musketeers. Initially, my three was three amigos. Yeah. And all three stars in that movie do have personal life sections. So I decided not to go with it because I had too many people with personal life sections. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's funny. So, that's, that's a nice little piece of fate or kismet with our last... <laughs> With our last personal life section. So, all right. I'm tied. If you can stump me on the next four, we'll, we'll have a, a bonus round. Yeah, we'll have some kind of yet-to-be-determined tiebreaker. Um, I don't think we're going to need it, but you never know. So, number two is a uh, classic early cast member had countless amazing characters, such as the Samurai Deli guy samurai drag leader <laughs> john belushi i'll say john belushi does have a personal life section oh i'm sorry he does not that how does he not that's, that's what i said i was shocked he doesn't <laughs> wow. yeah all right okay yeah yeah all right i've got three more opportunities to get the win yes um okay so the first person you answered correctly chevy chase does have a personal life his personal life has a subheading, which is feud with Bill Murray. So your number three is Bill Murray. Hmm. Yeah, Bill Murray doesn't have one. It's for some weird technicality. Although, I mean, we've agreed that's part of it. But I got to say, Bill Murray has one. You are correct. And you are now the champion. Yes. Of yes. Let's get personal. Congratulations. Thank you. It's only right because you have led the whole time. So, I mean, it's fair that you should win. Well, I appreciate it. I think it was a, a competition that was always close. Oh, yeah. We, we never really got too far apart, but, I mean, you've no. pretty consistently been – you avoided any real big clunker rounds, which is what I, you need. I do what I can. But uh, you know what's interesting is, like, I did – I thought that was going to be my trick is, like, Chevy Chase references that, but then they wouldn't give Bill Murray one, but he had one. Yeah. But we got to do the last two to give right. you a final score. Yep. So number f the last two are both original cast members. Number four is Garrett Morris. I mean, Garrett Morris, all I remember about him is that he wasn't a comedian. Right. He was like, I think an actor that mm -hmm. they brought in. Um, and he didn't get like a ton of screen time. And he has not been as famous as the rest of the cast since. So I'm going to say no. Garrett Morris does not have a personal life section. You're correct again. Wow. Although that and he, still, like, kind of surprises me. Yeah, it surprised me too. I think his was more of one of those technicalities because he did have an early life and then SNL and then later life. They just did not give him a personal life section. Mm, so okay. it's one of those format issues that we have sometimes with this. But you, you diagnosed it correctly. All right, what is and the final one? In order to finish with a very strong four or five if you get this correct, of underrated comedian, in my opinion, Lorraine Newman. Mm. She is still kicking, I think. Oh, yeah. Still acting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm just going to say yes. You're right. All right. Four out of five. Finishing strong. All right. So that puts me at uh, 33 out of 50. So the final score is 33 to 30 out of 50. Excellent, excellent game. Yeah, I Hopefully did hope that I, 
It was close the whole way. I did hope that I could throw you for a loop in the last one by John, the, the John Belushi being second and having none that you would question everything, mm-hmm. but you rebounded and nailed the rest of them. So excellent job. Thank you. So yeah, that's, that's, let's get personal. We'll have to think of a new game. Uh, and folks at home, if you have ideas for a new game we can play next, send them our way. But I, I think we've got between the two of us and uh, our new friend in Detroit. What's his name? Doug. Doug. Doug in Detroit. We'll come up with a new game. Uh, and it'll, it'll be a good one. Uh, but that is it for Let's Get Personal. I mean, we're retiring this whole awesome theme song, too. I know. What a great theme song. Possibly. Uh, I mean, the they're all good, but that's... Yeah, definitely one of the best. I'm excited to write a new theme song, though, for whatever the next game is. Yes. And we try to record it over Zoom, which folks at home may know that trying to sync music of two people singing or performing over Zoom is impossible, but hilarious to try. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right. We have got to get to our top five list the most annoying NBA players of all time. Is there a certain era that your list kind of leans toward? Is it current? Is it nineties, two thousands? You know what? Mine is, Oh, mine definitely is very nineties heavy. Yeah. Late late eighties, early nineties, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I wonder if we're going to have a double dip. I mean, mine are pretty personal, but I could see, well, actually, I don't know. All right, I'll find out. Yes. Uh, let's get into it. These are our top five most annoying NBA players of all time. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, Deep Pimp, who's your number five most annoying NBA player? My number five might be a little controversial because I don't see him described as annoying generally, but he always annoyed me a lot. The mailman, Carl Malone. Ooh. I think this is a very good one. He just, he's an excellent player. I would never, he was very, very, very good, especially at the height of his career with Stockton when they played the Bulls in the finals a couple of years in a row. They were good. Can't, can't deny that. But there was just something about the way he played and like his attitude that always annoyed me. I don't know if I would feel the same way if he wasn't on the opposite side of those Jordan Bulls teams, but it, that's, that's how it is. No, I mean, I from an outsider perspective, uh, well, not really an outsider perspective, but the Sonics never played the Jazz in the finals. They're in the same conference. But I would say Malone and Stockton were pretty dirty players. And not, like, blatantly dirty, but, like, little things, like little jabs here and there. Malone kind of throwing an elbow or two. John Stockton, like, classic foot stepper on screens. Yep. Um Malone also took his sweet ass time at the free throw line. Like he should have been called on every 10 second violation there was. Yeah. So I, I do. I remember his routine. He had like, Oh, he would like wipe his face or he, he did a bunch of weird, like, yeah. Stuff. Uh, and like, I would have to do a deeper dive to know it for sure. So, but like Carl Malone also has like a pretty weird, like history, uh, like, with I think a pretty underage person. Uh oh. So <laughs> I I don't know. That's annoying in its own way. <laughs> yeah, annoying is maybe not the descriptor of that exactly. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think Carmelo's like such a good dude. Uh, all right, my number five is Kyrie Irving. 
And so wow. I, I mean, I, I forgot about that personal list for me. It's not just the fact that I don't know when this is released, maybe he'll have decided to get the vaccine. I don't know, but he's just, he's purposefully annoying. Yes. I, I, there are not too many more players. There's another one who didn't quite make my list, but who would also fall under this category. Uh, who's current, like any opportunity he gets to be annoying. He is right. And I, I've said for a, a while, I think Kyrie Irving is the most overrated player in the NBA currently. Um, and he just, uh, of course, had like injury problems, whatever. But he's never won without LeBron. Uh, he was terrible before LeBron got to Cleveland. Uh, it made honestly hardly any difference when he went to Boston. Cleveland was about the same for another year while LeBron went to the finals. And then just when New uh, Brooklyn, sorry, I'm just in New Jersey, has the opportunity to be this like super duper team, he says, no, not getting the vaccine. Right. I just, he is so frustrating that he insists on being the story all the time too. Yeah. So that for that, there's a lot going on with him. Yeah. Uh, And just like the fake intellectual crap. Yeah. No one thinks Kyrie Irving's a genius. So that that's why he's my number five. He had to be on the list. Excellent. Excellent choice. I'm going to put him as my, in my honorable mentions now. Good call. Uh, All right. Who's your number four? My number four is definitely personal. I don't think I need to say much more as a longtime Bulls fan, but John Starks. Oh man, John Starks is just missed my list and was on my honorable mentions. I hate his face. John Starks was, I mean, I probably, I mean, I think my top three are probably justifiable to be higher than him, but I mean, what an annoying dude. And he was also very good. He was like a a prototype, like six foot three shooting, like a little bit undersized shooting guard who could jump out of the gym, was very athletic, played great defense. He had a lot of skills. But he was just—he just took pleasure in being an irritant. He fit in perfectly with that Knicks team. It was just like that was what he wanted, and he'd be happy that he's not. He'd be pissed off that he wasn't number one on my list. Mm-hmm. That's how John Starks thinks. Yeah, I found him very, very annoying as well. I found that whole Knicks team annoying, but he was like the most annoying part of that Knicks team. Yeah. Uh, my number four—I may have heard of him, Michael Jordan. Yeah, I knew you would be somewhere on here. (laughs) I I struggled with where to put Mike. I like, I mean, the closest the the Sonics ever got, of course, in my lifetime to the championship. I know they won in 79, but I wasn't born yet. Was the 96 finals, of course. And they faced the Bulls and lost in six. Um, And so there's there's several players on that Bulls team where I find very annoying. Michael Jordan, obviously the best player on that Bulls team. And, you know, if not the best, one of the you know couple of best players of all time. I don't even. I'm not even talking about that list. Doesn't matter. But what really annoyed me about Jordan and how I always felt as a Sonics fan was that he got every freaking call, and if he didn't, the 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 oh boy. I I'm, I'm struggling for the word for this though. I know it's on the tip of my tongue. It's like the expectation. The like he would act shocked if he didn't get. A call, basically. Yeah. It's almost like entitlement. Oh, thank you. Entitlement. Yeah. The yeah. entitlement he seemed to have if he did not get a call, he would not only shout in a ref's face, maybe after he already had a technical foul. I'm like, what else do you need? He's like shouting two inches from your face, probably spitting all over you. And then after he was done shouting, he would like grab his jersey in his mouth 
and just like, <laughs> yeah. out. That's right. Come on. Yeah. I that is where that is when I realized like, oh, you just can't kick Michael Jordan out of the game. They are not allowed to do that. Right. David so, Stern would have had a sternly worded message for them. Yes. Especially out of a finals game. So that that was that was tough as a uh, 11 year old to kind of realize yeah i can definitely see that yeah so that's that's why i had to have him on the list i know a lot of people are obviously not going to feel that way about michael jordan but i do right all right your number three my number three is somebody who tried to make you happy and take Michael Jordan out of many games. Detroit Pistons, untalented oaf, Bill Lambeer. <laughs> He's on my honorable mentions too. Yeah. I'm just not close enough with him to put him actually on the list, but he's got to be on almost everybody's list. He was so annoying. I don't know what that I could really say. If you either know who Bill Lambeer is and are going, yeah, he was super annoying, or you don't know who he is and you'll look him up and immediately be like, I can see why he was so annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Did he, he was also, I'd have to to uh, review the, the Bulls special, uh, The Last Dance, but did Isaiah Thomas say that it was Bill Lambeer's idea to not shake hands? At the end of yes. the Eastern Conference Finals in 91, yes. I guess. Yes. Yeah, that's that's like a cherry on the top of him being an annoying player. Yeah. Agreed. He just, it was just like, you're on top and you have success and then you take every opportunity to gloat and cheer and, and hoop and holler, but then somebody beats you, clearly, and you can't just be like, hey, you don't have to, I'm not saying you have to go hug somebody. Yeah, I know you're a competitor and you're going to be pissed off, but just be like, hey, man, all right, congrats. Like, move on with your life. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I get that one entirely, especially from the Bulls' perspective. Mm-hmm. All right, my number three, and I, I feel like I might be alone in this one, but damn it if I don't feel it. My number three is Manu Ginobili. Oh, I thought he was going to be your one. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't put him number one. Uh, cause he never, the reason I couldn't put him number one is cause he never like negatively impacted like the Sonics really. Oh yeah. Um, even in a couple of years that they existed while he was playing, but man, <laughs> I feel like he was like, I couldn't put James Harden on this list because I feel like the way James Harden plays is very annoying, but a lot of the things that he does, I think Manu Ginobili, less talented, but like started doing before James Harden, like a lot of the kind of weird Euro steps, which I think are just like, they just make the game ugly to me. And I just felt like Ginobili was always such a thorn in the side. I remember the one finals uh, that the Heat just snuck out from the Spurs with Ray Allen's shot in game six and then they won game seven and Ginobili it looked like he really lost a step I think he like missed a dunk or something like that oh yeah um but I was so happy to see him like fall for whatever reason I like can't I can't even fully explain why I find him so annoying but I think it had to do a lot with like the euro step moves which I, I felt like his especially to me looked like traveling um, and just, uh, he's got a good post to no foul wine face for sure. Yeah. Not as good as my next player on the list, 
but still up there. So I, I had to have Manu on the list. I, I really, when, when we thought of doing this, I thought he would be your number one. Cause for some reason, I just remember and more in our conversations, you bringing up how annoying he is to you than any other player. And I never, I, I always liked, I could see why somebody would find him annoying, but I just always thought he was like entertaining more so. I don't know, but I get it. Yeah. He's one of the less annoying things he did though, is knock a bat out of the air. that's pretty good yeah that was pretty good yeah i'll give him credit for that that's that's why he's not maybe higher on this list okay uh okay who's your number two my number two is reggie miller Ooh, great pick reggie miller was the in my knowledge originator of the um kicking your legs out to get fouls thing or at least the perfecter yeah i think you're right which I find to be, I just, I, I understand, like, it's the same reason what you're talking about with James Harden, where, like, and the reason I'm glad that they changed the rule to um, not give fouls for, like, those crazy, like, pump fake where they jump into people things. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I, it's not in the spirit of the game. Like, they're doing things to basically knowingly, it's not cheating, but it's, like, the next thing closest to cheating to me is just like, Oh, I figured out this thing I can do to exploit the rules of the game. I'm going to do it every time. Yeah. Like I don't get that. Like maybe you'd say, well, if you do it and get away with it, you'd be dumb not to, I don't know. It just seems like kind of gross. And I think Reggie Miller was always like that. And also very much jealous of Jordan and then pouted all the time. Yeah. No, you're right. He's also his post playing career. I actually, I don't like his voice. He's a, He's bad, a bad announcer. He is a bad announcer. <laughs> yeah. So I he he gets like the prime time spot too. Like when it's him and Marv, who I liked Marv, but he's like definitely done. Uh, when that is the two for, I'm like this game is like unlistenable. His sister was a better basketball player and better announcer. Cheryl Miller. Shout out Cheryl Miller. There we go. I think Cheryl should be getting some more TNT love. Yep. Uh, all right, great number two. My number two is uh, a player who more is known for being on the 80s Celtics teams, but my first introduction for him was toward the end of his career. He was on the early 90s Suns team. And so this is exactly when I was starting to get into basketball. The Sonics went up against the Suns like a, probably a few times. They were a rival, but the, the main time that they went against them was the 93 uh, Western Conference Finals in which the Suns, I forget the exact number, People can look it up. Game seven, the Suns got like over 60 free throw attempts, <laughs> which is like never, I I don't want to say never, but almost never has a game so blatantly been thrown for a particular team because they wanted Barkley to go against Jordan uh, in the finals. But, but anyway, the player I found most annoying on that team is the biggest wine face, I think, <laughs> in the history of the NBA, and that's Danny Ainge. Yeah. Just, oh. God, I can picture it right now. I know. Exactly how he it, like, just disgusts me thinking about it. Yeah. Find it every call all the time. Yeah. Can't argue he, with it. He's like, we decided the word that we're going with is annoying. And there is no, for me, hardly anyone, maybe one player more annoying than Danny age. I, I agree with you. And I considered him for this list too. I, he's another person who probably because I mean, if the Bulls had lost to the Suns in that finals, maybe I would think differently, but I just always was like, well, yeah, he's annoying, but 
So what? We beat him. Yeah. Like, I don't care. And at that point in the sun, I mean, he's like, he's like a, that was the end of his career. Man. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's probably playing like 20 minutes again, but I still found him like so annoying. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're down to it. Who's your number one? I don't My think we double dip. We can't. Uh, probably not. I don't see you putting this person as number one on this list, but I struggled with this because this is a person who I universally respect, like think he's one of the top two or three best players in the history of the game, but he just does a lot of stuff that is annoying to me, even though I like him. And it's LeBron James. Wow. LeBron getting number one. Yeah, he okay. is. When I watch a game with him in it, most of the time I'm like, wow, he still does stuff that is unbelievable. From the point of seeing him in high school the first time to his whole career just being blown away by how smart he is. It's like a combination of like the one of the smartest basketball players and a, like athlete at a size where he shouldn't be able to do what he can do. And just like everything about him, great. Never would say a bad word about how, he, how good he is. But he is... Just like what you were saying about Danny H, he never thinks he commits a foul, and anytime he misses a shot, he was fouled. He it's you, it's a hundred percent of the time. Like it's yeah. every time anything goes against him, he is upset. And I just at some point, I'm just like, I, surely you would admit. Maybe if there is a conspiracy against you, the greatest player ever, one of them, <laughs> like yeah. maybe eighty percent of the time they're wrong. No, it's a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> he also frankly doesn't get that many fouls called against him. No, he should right. get more. He probably should get a lot more. <laughs> yeah, because like, he's huge. Yeah, he. No, you're you're definitely right on with that. I think what's he'll occasionally get called, or, or like another person will get a charge call against him, and he gets like particularly upset about those. But as he's gotten like a little bit older and he's big, like he does charge all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's almost inevitable. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> he's, he's like a tight end. Yeah. Uh, no, I get that. I mean, I I didn't – I like LeBron, and I didn't put him on that list. Um, but I, I understand why you would. Yeah. My number one is – I was overthinking this too much, and then I realized who pissed me off more at the height of my basketball fandom than Dennis Rodman. Oh, nice. So I had to put him number one. And the reason I put him number one is like he, I think he got Sean Kemp, like a technical foul. He got Frank Burkowski, who's not even that relevant of a player, but like kicked out of a game, but it was oh, enough that it like, you know, did not help the Sonics who were you yeah. know trying to win, obviously. Lynchpin of the Sonics success, Frank Burkowski. Frank Burkowski. Yes, obviously. Um, but the reason I know Dennis Rodman is my number one more annoying player because nothing filled me with more like childlike glee than when Sean Kemp had this like kind of nice little spin move and then had a reverse dunk and Dennis Rodman for whatever reason kind of just decided to like stand under the hoop and so Kemp sat on him uh, <laughs> I remember that and he was like okay with it like Dennis Rodman's such a weird dude but like I realized from that play, which I just thought was like so amazing and cathartic that like, yes, clearly the reason I find this so amazing and cathartic is because of Dennis Rodman. Yeah. And I hate this guy. I don't yeah. care anymore, but at the time I, and I have to take a snapshot of how I felt at that age and that level of Sonics fandom, no one was more annoying than Dennis Rodman. Did you have any annoyance from when he was on the Spurs prior to joining the Bulls too? Because they would have played the Sonics a lot. 
No, not really. I, okay. The Spurs, I mean, the Spurs were good, I think, mostly. But for some reason, I don't think them and the Sonics actually played each yeah, other. Yeah, they didn't have, like, a big – yeah, okay. They didn't no. have a big series or anything. I was like, the Suns, it felt like we played the Rockets a lot. Um, yeah. And then, we I mean, played the Lakers sometimes. But, like, it never – yeah, it was never really the Spurs for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah, that's a – I can't argue with it. I mean, he was truly – I took glee in it, especially when um, – if you went to any of those Bulls games back then, if he if there was a blowout, they would want him to take threes, and everybody just lost their mind when he would shoot threes because he's such, okay. like, a not-natural-looking shooter. Yeah, he's there's no way – there's no way that, like, if you're a Bulls fan, like, I, I, I would totally understand. If he was on my team, I would not feel this way about him at all. Yeah, yeah. Those are the best, though, those players. When, yeah. I felt like that a lot with baseball. There were certain players who I'm like, when they were on the White Sox, I would love it. But then if they were on any of their team, I'd be like, no. Sister Persinski effect. Yes. <laughs> Perfect example. Yeah. That's the name of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Who are your honorable mentions? I honestly just had one, although I added Kyrie late. But um, this is another player similar to LeBron who I loved as a player, especially when he was on the Kings. But Vladi Divac was a flop master oh yeah and it's super annoying i wasn't thinking about him but i feel like i should have now yeah um, yeah i uh, i had john starks and bill lambier uh, and john stockton and then dwight howard patrick beverly james harden and the trip king grayson allen oh yeah grayson allen oh talk about punch me face he looks like Ted Cruz and he trips people. I mean, how do you not at least get an honorable <laughs> mention for that? He does look like Ted Cruz. Oh, Ted Cruz playing basketball. What a sight. Yeah. Um, all right. If you have uh, anybody who you think is an annoying NBA player that we forgot about, go ahead and send it. Uh, tag us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Whiskey Sessions. Or you can send us an email, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. We'll read your email on a future episode. But we got to get your emails for this episode. So these are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. All right, I've got an email that says, hey, guys, I wanted to posit a would you rather to you. Would you rather try a vodka for each episode, but claim it's a whiskey, or do a top five list but never reveal your number ones. And this is from Olivia in Brampton, Ontario. Oh, wow. Speaking of things that would be annoying, like both of those would infuriate our listeners, but I'm not sure which one would infuriate them more. <laughs> I think the top five, but never reveal number ones. That would be very aggravating. I would yeah. stop listening to that podcast. <laughs> that would be, uh, yeah, why? Like I would be so, I would be puzzled beyond belief. Yeah. If some, if, if instead we just tried vodkas and claimed their whiskeys, that would just be weird, but I think I, that would be okay. Well, the tell would be, we would just say the same thing about each whiskey we taste, which we do kind of already. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's really not that much different. Yeah. But never revealing the number ones, I think would be a, a level of infuriating. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't like that. There's no satisfaction at the end of the episodes. Uh, all right. What else have we got in the email inbox? Uh, our old buddy Doug is back. Oh, good. Um, so, dear Whiskey Sessions, I'm still struggling with band names. So, Doug, you're struggling. Yeah. Uh, Queen doesn't have a single female in their band. Shouldn't they be king? Hmm. 
Doug is really hard. He has a hard time with like literals. I he does not so. like. He does not like when the thing is not exactly what they're saying it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Doug has good points, but at some point you just gotta like. I don't know if Doug's ever had a friend that just said like, "Let it go, dude." It seems like I don't think so. And also, what I also like about Doug is they're very short and to the point. He's not really beating around the bush. He's going straight to his point, and then that's it. <laughs> this is all exactly. Doug is telling us. <laughs> Full email. Yeah. Um, hmm. But yeah, Doug, I don't know how to answer that question other than that they're a British band, so maybe that's why. That could be it. She's still the queen. Right. So many years. I don't know how long she's been the queen. But as long as Doug long has been in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you have an email for us again, session, send it to whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com and we'll read it on a future episode. Uh, but that does it for this episode. You pimp great app. There are so many annoying NBA players. I know after we finish recording, I'm going to think of some more, but do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Um, somehow, in my research coming up with annoying players, Tom Chambers popped up. I never found him annoying, but his dunk over Mark Jackson showed up. And I want to encourage listeners to go look that up because it's a very awesome dunk. It's one of those dunks. You see them every few years, usually not in the NBA though, where they hit the person at a certain angle and it actually causes them to rise up. Yeah. It looked like he had superpowers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Such a weird dunk. Uh, but good on Tom Chambers. He has, okay, here's what I find annoying about Tom Chambers. Tell me if you agree or not. He has dead eyes. Oh yeah. Tom Chambers looks like somebody made him in a computer program. Yeah, totally. Uh, seemed like there was nothing behind him. Uh, okay. Until next time. Sorry, Tom. Uh, this is a Mets. <laughs> peace out. And be Bye Tom Chambers. <laughs>